There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Oh, good, getting ready for the holidays and thinking about the new year. Yeah, so we're recording this at the end of 2022. It might go up uh, in early 2023. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk about our 2023 um, resolutions. Yeah, so I'll start. One of mine is to update my estate plan. You might have heard a prior episode we've been talking about estate planning made me realize I need to update some of my information. Um, think with estate planning, yes, you need to do it and get it done, but you also need to periodically update it um, if anything changes in, in your personal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Emily? Yeah, so in the realm of savings and investing, um, I feel like now that we're coming out of this we say this every sentence the past couple of years. And now that we're coming out of the pandemic, it seems like things are settling down. Obviously, things with the market are still kind of wonky, touch and go. Um, but this year, I really want to focus on my retirement savings. Um, I finished off paying off my student loan. And then with the, and a lot of people might be in that situation with the forgiveness and everything. So, now I want to see, you know, just do a little extra planning this year and see what I can put away each month. Yeah, I know with the student loan forgiveness, it, it, you know, I had built that into my plan for 2023 and now it's it's pushed back again till June for repayments. So then, you know, what do you do with that? For me, it was like $300 a month. You know, what do I do with that now that mm-hmm. I don't have to pay it back for the student loan, you know? Yeah. So, um might have to, uh, you know, adjust based on that too. Yeah. And like you, I definitely have a few estate planning things I need to check off that I've been putting off for long enough. So if you're it's like so me, easy to put it off, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, who knows, it might get put off again, but um, it's on my mind. I've made, we've made some little progress this year. So yeah, Next it's year, almost hoping. like you need a financial advisor that you need to hire to do it for you. Right. Yep. I mean, I have like Danielle bug me every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so financial so, advisors need financial advisors too. It's not just, you know, um, true. other people. Yeah. So okay. I'm also planning on, this is partially personal, partially for work. So it's a little hybrid. I'm going to be researching different investment options in 529 plans. Um, because personally, I'm saving and for my kids' college, um, I guess on the work side, I always like to keep up with it. But 529 plans change the investment options that they offer in their plans. And as those change and evolve, I want to research to find 
what works best for for our family and for our children. So I'm going to be looking at that in 2023. Yeah, because you can join any 529 plan. Each, not every state, but a lot of states have their own 529 plan. And like Amanda, if you live in New York, you can still invest in Illinois 529 plans if you like their investment options. So yeah, so it would be good to know more about, you know, every state and what they offer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge area, right? Cause 50 States, 50 different plans. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of choices out there, so it's hard to keep up with, but, um, you know, we try. Well, thanks for doing that research. So I don't sure. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that will be a future podcast episode. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of wanted to take those goals and if you have similar ones or other ones, um, we have some general advice about, how to plan for those savings and investing goals in 2023. Um, All of us at Propel, so Amanda, myself, Danielle, and David, we put on a webinar recently that was December 14th of 2022, um, just kind of updating what we're thinking about in terms of investing and just some, you know, general updates for the new year. And my part was focused on some of the tax updates and changes Uh, specifically about the Roth IRA is what I focused on. Um, If you've listened to any of our other webinars or heard Danielle talk on any of our podcasts, we love Roth IRAs. They're a great savings tool for many reasons. Um, And it's kind of a big deal that the IRS finally raised the uh, Roth IRA contribution limit. It used to be 6,000 for several years. Now it's 6,500. Um, so if you can match 2019, out, the last time they bumped it up a little, it was so yeah, yeah, it's been several years. Um, and if you're someone who is able to max out that extra $500, it does make a difference because that grows tax-free and, um, can even pass down to your, uh, beneficiaries tax-free. So we like that a lot. Um, some of the other general tax updates, are really they don't seem that significant but they really could affect you um the income limit for being able to directly contribute for the roth has increased as well as the tax brackets themselves have increased so uh if you are able to do some tax planning um usually i think the sweet spot for tax planning is like june july do like one check-in with the tax planner, your financial advisor, or us, if we work with you, um, or if you want to work with us, reach out. Um, and then I like to do another check-in in the fall, usually. So um, if you're able to, if you haven't been able to directly contribute to a Roth in the past, and you're kind of at that income limit, um, it was like, what, around 144000 for individual um, taxpayers filing single this year so if you're kind of around that income limit and i forgot the actual number for married filing jointly but we'll link to all that in our show notes you may want to see if you can actually be eligible to directly contribute to a roth of course as part of tax planning we also can talk about roth conversions and backdoor roths if you can't directly contribute to a roth um but yeah we have to talk about that because we don't know what's going to happen to the Roth in the future. And if you can save now in that uh, that type of savings account, that would be doing your future self a great service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those income limits are based on the 
um, modified adjusted gross income, not your actual income, right, Emily? So that Correct. means, you know, what if you get your paycheck at the end of the year, you can see your salary number. That is not the number that we use for a Roth, um, right? Right. Yeah, there's other things that come into play, like your, if you have any interest in investment income, um, there's all kinds of things that could change that number to actually get to your modified adjusted gross income. So yeah. it's tricky. It's not something you can necessarily easily do on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why for contributing to a Roth, you have until um, the date you file your tax return to make those contributions. Yeah, so it's usually around April 15th give or take if it falls on a weekend. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was hesitant to say the exact date because <laughs> I'm not sure what the data is in 2023. Yeah, I'm not either, but we'll yeah. update that in the show notes too. Okay, um, yeah. In 2022, I mean, typically people think April 15th, but for various yeah. reasons, the IRS adjusts the date. I think, what was it, April 18th? Yeah, it was the 18th in 2022. So um, that date is the same date as the Roth deadline. Right. So if we're already, you know, in January of 2023, you can still contribute to your Roth for 2022. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that tax side or savings investing you wanted to touch on? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I think for, um, you know, the 401k monthly contribution limits have gone up as well for next year. And I think that's a great vehicle for a lot of people too. One you know, for one of the reasons that is it's automated, you can just set it up for your paycheck. Mm -hmm. And depending on your employer, if you're doing a percent out of your paycheck, um, you might want to update that percent. Or if you're doing a dollar amount, it depends on how your employer takes it out of your paycheck, you might need to adjust those numbers. If you want to take advantage of the increases um, that you can put in your 401k for 2023. Yeah. And uh, asking if your employer has a Roth 401k option. Yeah. It's becoming a lot more um, popular. And for anybody who's recently turned 50, yeah, that's a big number. Um, yes. When you turn 50, you also get that bonus extra contribution limit. So if you have had that birthday, um, you could adjust your contributions as well. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I think that's that's a lot of great information. And, you know, I think some people do get stuck. They think, oh, oh, I heard Amanda and Emily talk about this. I'm going to go do it. And then they forget to do it. So it's one thing to know that it you can do it. And it's another thing to sit down and actually do it. Right. So I know it's a hectic, can be a hectic time of year. Um, but hopefully in January, people are focused on New Year's resolutions. They're ready to make changes. So it's a yeah. great time to just sit down and take care of it. Yeah, but or even if you just make a note in your calendar, like let's get yeah. through our 2022 taxes and then I'm going to reach out on, please wait till June or July <laughs> after yeah. we have some time to recover from tax season yeah. and say, all right, in June, I'm going to figure out what I can do for the rest of the year. Just yeah. set a reminder or something like that. Mm -hmm. And don't beat yourself up if you don't get it done in January and it's already June and you just like, oh, shoot, I, I messed up. It's You didn't mess up. Life happens. Just, you know, go ahead and take care of it then. You know, mm -hmm. don't don't get bogged down and thinking that you missed something, you know? Yeah. So that's what I would say. There's always that behavioral issue with finance, right? Yeah, for sure. Always. Yeah. 
Every day I feel it <laughs> personally. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Oh. I'm like, oh, I meant to do that. Oh, shoot. Well, you know, that's normal. It's very normal. So, for sure. Well, um, should we cut to our, our listener question now? Yes, or? I would love okay. that. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, our question this week comes from one of our younger listeners from Portland, Oregon. If I just started working, how would I file my taxes? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So this is a little complicated. What do you think, Emily? So I think um, I'll just say when you, for somebody who's first entering into the work world, um, I think taxes can seem a little bit overwhelming. Absolutely. Um, depending on, you know, um because it's not something they teach in school right so a lot of people learn this stuff from their parents and depending on how much your parents taught you or didn't teach you you may or may not know some things right mm -hmm. um but I do think it's great that this listener is asking professionals and not just relying on what they read on the internet so mm -hmm. um I would say the first thing is if you start a regular w-2 job from an employer, your employer is going to give you the paperwork you need to complete in order to take taxes out of your paycheck. Um, if you should be taking tax out of your paycheck, which I think Emily um, will go over how to complete some of this paperwork. Yeah. So as Amanda mentioned, there is a form called a W-4. I think you mentioned that at least, um, which tells your employer how to take out taxes from your paychecks. Um, and I did a little, um, uh, presentation at a friend of or my cousin's school where he teaches to high schoolers about this. So I have a, a nice little video that I like that I'll put in the show notes too. That might be helpful to share with, um, you know, your children or your newly graduated college children or friends or whatever to kind of explain how taxes work there. Um, but okay. So let's back up. If you are in high school or still a student in college or even, you know, any age, but you're still living with your parents and they're providing uh, more than half of your support and you make less than $12,500, that number changes every year. So if you qualify for all those things, you do not have an IRS filing requirement there could be some other reasons that you would need to file, like in if you have Social Security or so. This isn't for everyone, but most people, if you have meet those requirements, you're not required to file. Um, therefore, when you receive your W-2, um, I just looked this up because the new W-2 um, is a little different, but you would fill out step one. It's just your like personal information. And then in step four, underneath line C, the directions say that you can just write in the word exempt and then sign it and hand it off to your employer. And so this means they're not gonna withhold any taxes from your paycheck because you're gonna be counted as a dependent on your parent or guardian's pay, uh, tax return. So that's a really easy one. Well, it's not so easy, but it's easier for you in terms of uh, paperwork and tax preparing. However, if you are, if you don't do that, if you fill out your W-4 and they are taking withholding out of your paycheck, you can file a dependent tax return. 
to get that withholding back. So, you know, when I was 17, I was working at the Taste of Chicago. I didn't know what I was doing. And I put in like withholding $500, let's say. So at the end of the year I got, or at the beginning of the next year, I got my W-2 that said I made uh, $3,000 and I withheld $500, but I was still a high school student and I lived with my parents. So my parents filed their tax return, uh, claimed me as a dependent, and then I filed my own dependent tax return and got that $500 back from the IRS. Now, did I cover everything on that end of things? I, I think, think so. so. Okay. I, I love the um, origin story of your accounting <laughs> roots, though, thrown in there. I just have to say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, now what should we do if um, you're in college or you've graduated college and you're no longer a dependent on your parents' tax returns? Yeah. So if you're no longer a dependent on your parents' tax return and you make over, well, I shouldn't say that. If you make any amount of money and you're independent, you're not claimed on anyone's return, um, you are required to file and get um, and have tax withholding. So for most single people with one W-2 job, um, no dependents and filing single, the W-4 form will work pretty easily. It's pretty straightforward. Um, just follow the steps, put zero for extra withholding, sign it, hand it into your HR department. Um, but if you, it starts to get a little more complicated if you have multiple jobs or you change jobs throughout the year. Um, and later down the line, if you start to, um, if you marry, file, if you get married and you start filing jointly with someone, if you have dependents on your return, the W-4 is not really a good fit for everybody. So that's when, I mean, there is a calculator on the IRS website and if you can fill that out, to the best of your abilities, you'll get an okay estimate, but it's really tricky to do. I know like maybe one or two people who have actually filled that out and come pretty close. Um, it's just difficult because you have to estimate a lot of things and guess a lot of things. So if you could work with a tax planner, work with someone like us who can help you figure out what your withholding should be, um, that will get you the most accurate results so that when you do do your tax return at the end of the year or you have it prepared, you're not going to have this big surprise like, oh, I owe, you know, $5,000 or mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah. Um, and and also, after you fill it out, you can always say three months, six months later, check your paycheck and see if the withholding makes sense for your expected income for the year, right? Exactly. I mean, That's what I was just going to say. Oh. You can... Um, take a look at your pay stubs every once in a while. I know so many people who are like, oh, I have no idea. Like, and that's easy to do. You don't get a physical copy at most places anymore. It's just like in your online portal or whatever. So I definitely encourage you to check out your pay stubs, see what that federal withholding is. If you're making, you know, $1,000 a month and your withholding is like five bucks, you might be like, what's going on with that? Why is that? So pay attention and you can change your withholding at any time. So even if you just need to ask a quick question and say, like, does this look okay um, to your tax advisor, tax preparer, tax planner, financial planner, whoever you work with. Um, yeah, it's it's worth it to do that. We've ran into several people who are just you know, like, I never look at my pay stub and you might even be over withholding and you will have to wait until you file your tax return to get that money back um, as opposed to having that money in your pocket throughout the year.
Yeah. And if you're just starting out after college, chances are you're not making a lot of money and you could probably use it more than the IRS could. So, yeah. So that was kind of a long answer that covered more than just the question he asked. But um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a whole different ball of wax. If say you're starting to work and you're not working at a full-time job, you're doing freelance work or gig work, and then you get a 1099, you don't get paperwork from your employer. You're figuring out your taxes is all on you. Right. Yeah. So I don't think we, I mean, that's like a whole separate episode almost to go into what to do if that's Mm -hmm. your situation. So, oh my gosh. Yes. If you're scheduled, if we call, I call them schedule C contractors because that's the tax form that you would use to file your business income. But yeah, if you're working as a contractor for multiple employees, um, definitely set aside some funds for tax time. Yeah. That's the biggest advice I can say. Yeah, for sure. Um, But no, but I think that was a great answer. And um, hopefully that helps our listener as they get started in their new job. So congrats on uh, starting college. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Isn't that exciting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't even remember if I was even thinking about taxes when I was about to start college. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. I didn't take a tax class until I was like uh, 25. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, for me, my parents always did my taxes. And so I didn't I didn't have to think about it, um, Same. which is a, a gift in a way. But it's also um, not because you I mean, you do have to learn it at some point. So, yeah, yeah. At one point, um, I think my dad always did my taxes and then one year he was like, oh, you made too much. So now you have to do your own. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I just kind of figured yeah. it out on, um, oh my gosh, what is, I'm blanking on the name of the tax software, the Turbo main Tax? website, TurboTax. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And More Emily origin stories. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, if, I don't know if there's got to be someone else like me who gets joy from like entering your numbers on TurboTax and figuring out what that means. Am Mm -hmm. I alone on that? Maybe. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's fun. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll save it for another time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've probably gone long enough today. Um, so yeah, ask us, uh, feel free to reach out with any other questions at info at connecting the dollars.com. You can find us on social media. Um, I don't know all the names, but we'll have them linked in the show notes at connectingthedollars.com. And And happy new year. Happy new year. And thanks for listening. What she said. (laughs) That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to connectingthedollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at connectingthedollars.com. Or, if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.